Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 551. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming to you from there, British Columbia. Uh, yeah, what's going on in the world of sports? Who cares about the world of sports? We just care about the CFL, because that's who we are. Uh, yeah, CFL's coming in. We're, we're about to enter week 19 of a 21-week season. It's almost over. It's pretty much wrapped up. Uh, we know where the positioning of most of the teams are going to be going into the playoffs. I mean, it's yet to be decided in a couple areas, and it could go either way. Uh, definitely could go either way in a few. But uh, it, it, the odds of that happening are really slim. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not jumping up and down about BC being able to overtake Winnipeg now. I'm not jumping up and down about Calgary being able to take, overtake the Riders, although that's highly possible. Um, and... Uh, Hamilton's not going to overtake Montreal. So they, our playoff positions are pretty much settled. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, that's just personal, my personal opinion. And, you know, I've been, that's based on nothing other than my thought pattern on this. And uh, we'll see what happens. It could happen. It might not happen. Who knows? Uh, anyhow, so what's going on? What else is going on? Um, I don't know. Let's let's just open up the board. All your mics have been open from the beginning there, so that deep thigh just came across really well. Um, Sorry. Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, pretty fair, considering, you know. Better now that my uh, audio is a little bit better now than it was a little while ago. Yeah, you sound good. Yeah. Didn't sound so good earlier, but now it looks like we got it fixed, so that's good. Yeah, we do. Uh, anything new, wonderful for you, or you're good? No, same old, same old. Not much, not too much different here. So pretty much same old, same okay. old. We'll th- yeah, we're we're moving into fall around here, and everything's kind of trees are falling down, and this, that, and everything yeah, else. And uh, back and on it, the weekend, and that's we were pretty much straight across. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, back on the weekend, it was almost like summer here. It was so hot. It was like I was out on yeah. Saturday with 28 degrees, and now we're back to the more traditional, cooler fall weather. Okay, you're you, you so much today, but for a shit, Charles. Oh, Jesus. No, no, now it's good. Okay, well I don't know. Maybe this okay. mic going in and out here. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had a great day, great weekend of racing this weekend. I, I, my little car, I actually had other little cars that came out from Alberta to play with me, and uh, we had fun. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys saw any pictures of that and went out and looked at it, but probably not. I saw a couple of them um, on the week uh, the other day. Yeah, so anyhow, I'm, it, it was pretty cool, pretty exciting, and mm-hmm. uh, we got to play. Good. So anyhow, let's. Uh, William, welcome to the show, bud. How are you doing out there in Alberta? I'm okay. Winter's coming. It's obvious. It's obvious. Yeah. Cause all I've been doing for all I've been doing for the last two weeks is raking leaves. And uh, yeah. 
you know, and my my main leaf raker, my wife, slip, slipped on Monday, and I, I she hurt herself, so she's been incapacitated for three or four days now. So well, that's not good. Um, no, I think she thought she might have broke her foot, but I don't think it's broken. The swelling's gone down. So Hope not. She was excited to see her grandkids, and she slipped going down the sidewalk when she's going to see them. So, um, so got a gash on her knee. And, no, I know the the leaves were wet right at the corner of the oh, okay. the, the sidewalk, and she slipped yeah. on. Went down, went down yeah. really hard. I hear I wasn't around when it happened, but what can I say? That, Anyways, that, but that, she's, that, she's fine. That'll learn her for not cleaning up the leaves. Well, you know, she was in the process of doing it, but what can I say? And you know, <laughs> exactly. And you know, I didn't. And you know, I didn't say anything, right? Because I like my life and I like my wife. How does that sound? Yeah. Of course you and, can. And I can course, say it because Patty's not listening. Yes, <laughs> and of course I'm going to be I'm going to force myself to go to a football game this weekend because for some reason <laughs> Calgary Calgary is still possibly making the playoffs, which is an absolute fucking joke. Okay? What are they? Four, but, are they four and eleven currently? Is that what they are? That, four that is 12? correct, sir. That is correct. Four and eleven or four and twelve. They haven't won a football game since Labor Day. Okay. Why? Why on earth? I saw something on Facebook today that shows them fifty-six percent chance of making the playoffs as opposed to forty-seven for Saskatchewan. I. I don't understand why anybody in their right mind thinks Calgary is going to win another fucking football game this year. But well, because apparently they are. And Saskatchewan hasn't won a game since Labor Day. Yeah, and they're not any better than Calgary. Oh, my Lord. So, you know, when you, you've got two of the – Teams that are, are definitely trending the wrong direction, uh, battling each other. Um, you know, the outcome is, is a coin toss, but, you know, I'm going to say that Calgary's in a better situation than Saskatchewan is. Uh, the problem with that is Calgary would also need to win the game against BC the next week. And I, I, I don't know whether or not that's possible. <laughs> I think BC would have to lose to Hamilton right now for that to mean anything because if they lost to Hamilton, then they can't catch Winnipeg. So if they beat Hamilton and they beat, then they go up to Saskatchewan next week because yeah, Winnipeg's on yeah. a bye this week. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter if Winnipeg or Saskatchewan gets that playoff spot. I think they should just just mail in the results wherever they have to go, Winnipeg or BC, because they're going to fucking lose. Well, Calgary or Saskatchewan, well, 100%. That's right. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It doesn't, doesn't matter which one. I mean, And, and yes, it's not like they get any gate money. Yes, BC and Winnipeg have both lost to shitty teams this year, but it's not going to happen in the Western semifinal. It's not going to happen. No. Well, they both lost oh, no. to Saskatchewan. 
Yeah, it yeah. Wasn't that long ago. Yes. It's just like fuck. Anyways, whatever. Yeah. Hundred percent. Know what you're talking about. Okay. So, uh, Rudy, you're there somewhere. Welcome to the show, bud. Yeah. Good evening, guys. I'm just going over the playoff scenarios. I, you guys forget that Calgary will have Winnipeg in the last game of the season too. So that would uh, yeah, Calgary's got if Winnipeg, Calgary's got a yeah. but Winnipeg Winnipeg will have um, established the fact that they are on a bye and they may or may not rest some people right. So um, yeah, Calgary has the off chance of of winning that game. But if it's still up in the air, the game against BC is 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 not going to be all that easily handled. Yeah, and, and Winnipeg might have it clinched if they win next week against Edmonton at home, which they should. But if, if, if Winnipeg wins any either. game this year, they've clinched it. Yeah, right. But I, but I, who does Calgary right. have? Calgary has three games left, right? Yeah, they play BC, they play Winnipeg, and they play uh, um, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Which is this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, the ghosts of 2001 when Winnipeg let Calgary basically beat them in Winnipeg, they didn't, they didn't take the game seriously, let them get in the playoffs, and that didn't turn out very well. So, I don't know. I don't know if Michael Shea will remember, know that bit of history, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not the point. Okay, so let's uh, let's go back and talk about run over these games that we uh, we had this week, and we'll go from there. Um, the first one, Charles, your your mic is really making some funny noises. I know it is. I don't thought know I'd why. hear that again right now. Yeah, it sometimes yeah, it's, it's good, sometimes it's terrible, and even when you're breathing, it's crackly. Really? Um, yeah. So when you're not talking, you might want to mute it. And that'll at least allow you to talk when you want to, because otherwise, if I mute you, I might just go to the entire show. Who knows? Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, the first game up was the Toronto Argonauts in uh, Edmonton Elks into Toronto to play the, the Argonauts. Uh, this one went exactly as planned. Uh, there was no surprises at all on this game at all. It was just, boom, it was Toronto just owned Edmonton. Now, Edmonton is... Um, move from the bottom third, the bottom third of the season of the, the <laughs> of the league into the top uh, middle third. And in fact, at the bottom six are all thirds. But let's just face facts. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the middle right now used to be Winnipeg, Hamilton, and Calgary. Okay. I think it did. No. Was that right? No. It was Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and Calgary. And now it is – no, what am I talking about, Winnipeg? Um, the middle was Montreal, Saskatchewan, and Calgary. And now it is Montreal, Hamilton, and Edmonton. And Edmonton still has only won four games. But they do seem to have a lot more strength and power moving forward, and it looks like their ability to win a game or two going down the stretch here is actually possible, where Saskatchewan doesn't look possible to win another game. Um, Ottawa does not look possible to win another game. 
so, and Calgary, um, well, I think they're going to play Saskatchewan this week, so there's a good possibility they're going to win at least one more game. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, it's going back to this Toronto-Edmonton game, it uh, I don't know what to say about it. They kind of played most of their players. Toronto did. It was kind of a not a, a – they weren't scared and cowering like they were when they played Winnipeg. But, uh, yeah, it uh, – it was it was a game. They played football. They they dominated the Elks, and that's kind of just the way it happened. Um, Charles, you talk more about this game. That means you turn on the mic. Okay, William. Yes, sir. I've lost. Um, I've lost Charles. You lost Charles. Charles. Anyways. There's not there's not much to say about this game. It happened as it expe- as expected. Um, yeah, Tor- Toronto had no trouble with Trey Ford whatsoever. I think uh, the shininess has worn off of him a little bit, and now he's got to learn to be a drop back passer and and play the game like other guys play the game. And uh, like Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, you know what? Toronto has showed nothing but, I, I hate to say Toronto's a good team, but obviously they are, okay, because they've only oh, yeah. lost one game this year. And uh, no. No, they lost you can't, two. or two, you can't, you can't, you know, they're they're at the top of the league and they're a force. And, and in reality, they should end up in the Grey Cup this year. But that's the theory. Yeah, there could be a yeah. snowstorm. Um, Toronto lost the game to Calgary. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. And and not not just a little bit. Calgary no, dominated they got, them. They, they got spanked. Calgary yeah. dominated them. Yes, but what's his name did get hurt? Uh Kelly got hurt in that game, so they didn't have their starting quarterback. So, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, you know what? I expected Toronto to beat Edmonton, and they did. So, what more can you say? Go ahead, Charles. You're gonna try this now. Do we have Charles? The computer says I have him. Hello. Okay. There oh, you go. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I was having trouble taking myself off of mute for a second. Okay. I'm back. Yeah. Uh, so fix, fix your mic. Do something with it. It seems like all of the really crappy teams in the CFL this year have um, had a brief stretch where they look really good. And then they disappear. We saw it with Ottawa earlier in the season. We've seen it with uh, uh, Hamilton. Uh, Calgary had a couple good games. Uh, Edmonton had a couple good games. But they've all come back down to earth, and so has Edmonton. Even Saskatchewan did, beating BC, beating Winnipeg. Hamilton beat BC. Well, no, they came out of the gate. They they were like 3-0 at the beginning of the season or something, weren't they? Saskatchewan? I don't think so. I don't think they were that early. Yeah, I thought they came out of the gate really well because they, they had they Trevor did, Harris there. Before Trevor Harris was injured. But anyways, 
Uh, Edmonton had the their L's. string there where I think they won like three or four, and things have just kind of collapsed and fallen apart since then. Uh, the Lions or the uh, the Elks just uh, were dominating this one. I know earlier this year we were saying that, um, uh, you know, the rec- Toronto's record was better than what it showed because they were in the East and uh, blah, 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 blah. But when you get right down to it, you, you, you're not a bad team when you're 12-2 and two or 13-2 and two or whatever you are. Toronto no. is easily the best team in the East, and they're easily one of the best teams in the CFL this, this year. There's no, there's no arguing that anymore. And they look really, really good, and they took care of business. Now, there was that one play that Trey Ford made. It was like an amazing play uh, where he scrambled and scrambled and scrambled and then eventually threw a, a touchdown pass, which was an outstanding play. But that was really it for the Edmonton Elks in this game. They were pretty much outclassed. They were pretty much dominated. And that's all you can say about it. Toronto, uh, they went up against a bad team, and they pummeled them like they should. So uh, it was a good game for the uh, Argos to get back into the win after losing the week before against Winnipeg. Of course, they uh, didn't have their starter in that one playing, but uh, uh, they came out and they did exactly what they had to do. So good for them. Yeah, 100%. Uh, It doesn't look like any of the bottom six really can handle any of the top three. I, I don't mean that in any disrespect or, or inclusiveness in there in, in any way, shape, or form. But it just, they look really good against each other. Like there's Edmonton can dominate Saskatchewan or Edmonton can dominate Ottawa or, or whatever. But once they just they get a team that's just a little bit better than them or a lot better than them, they can't come close to it. And that's the same with Hamilton. It's the same with Montreal. It's the same, you know, it, it just doesn't look good. The, the optics aren't there. Um, Rudy, go ahead. You know, um, I kind of ha- had the feeling that Toronto was gonna, you know, show show everyone that they they're the best team in the league. I mean, I think you can't really argue. I think they won the Great Cup last year, and they've, you know, besides not playing the Bombers at full strength, I mean, they've they've beaten what's in front of them. So and Tussum and knocks them off and. In the playoffs, I think uh, they're number one, um, and they're beatable. I think they're beatable, but uh, they—I uh, think their defensive line is is scary. They really get out. They really get on the quarterback. Like the matchup against the Bombers scares me because last year's Great Cup game, their defensive line kind of dictated that game, and they rattled Calero, and they kind of got to him last or two weeks ago, but. The, uh, you know, the, they didn't have, you know, their starters in. So, kind of my thought on the Argos. You know, I mean, tell someone, someone's got to be in the playoffs. You, you know, and we've, we have said that this most of the year, and we've said it for the last decade, is that it's not difficult to be a strong team in the Eastern Division because the majority of the Eastern teams suck, okay? But very rare have we been able to say that most of the teams in the Western Division suck because in all honesty, they do. And, you know, Saskatchewan, Calgary, and Edmonton 
are, you know, combined, combined that they only have um, 14 victories, right? I mean, Toronto almost has the same victory amount of victories as Saskatchewan, Calgary, and Edmonton together combined. Okay. It's, it's, it boggles the mind that this is even remotely possible, and it boggles the mind that Calgary could actually make the playoffs at four and eleven right now. I mean, seriously, and and seriously, it. it's true. They they could. You could all you could all think an argument that Ottawa is better than Calgary and Saskatchewan up until the last game against Montreal. But I mean. The Ottawa team that I saw play BC for 55 minutes was a playoff team, in my eyes. I just don't know if they don't have the consistency or the coaching, but that team seemed to uh, – not sure how that they, – They have moments of grandeur. <laughs> yeah. They don't have the ability to string it together for 60 minutes. That's their problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the problem with these teams is games are more than 55 minutes long. Well, and the thing is, yeah. too, is in the 18-game schedule, which is I think is too long for a football season, um, I just think you're not going to be at 100%. Even the good teams are going to have moments of where just things aren't working and they've guys injured in different positions, and you're just going to get caught on certain certain days. You're going to get caught. And, uh, you know, Winnipeg did against Ottawa. So, I mean – just happens, and uh, you know some teams are good at home. Like Hamilton's always a tough out at home. Saskatchewan usually plays well at home, but I mean, I who knows? Hamilton's you know, actually season. stronger on the road this year than they are at home. Well, I think they they started they started so badly, right? So I think that's kind of skewed. But I think as you see the, I, I don't, I think they, they they were so bad at the start of the year. Hamilton, they were a joke. I'm not sure yeah. how. I guess, but you know, the thing is, Hamilton, uh, we're off topic, but Hamilton was so bad, I think they just finally beat up on other teams that they should have been beating up on all along. They have a, they have a better defense than, than they showed in the first. Well, they, they, they turned the, the corner when they, they fired Tommy Condell and put Scott Milanovic in there. That's just a fact, right? Yeah. And Scott Milanovic worked really well with um, Taylor Powell and they started to win some football games. Yeah. And, uh, and, they and have now been a different team since they Taylor Powell on the shelf. They've got Taylor Powell on the shelf, and they think they're going to run, run the table now with Bo Levi Mitchell. And, I, you know, I, we're, we'll talk about that one later because we yeah. need to. But uh, right now, let's finish this game up. This was the Toronto Argonauts defeating the Edmonton Elks 35-12. to 12. That's a 47-point total. Um, Charles, you picked Toronto. You got 38 points. Will, you took Edmonton. You got 32. CJ, for some strange reason, picked Toronto with 45 points. He usually always picks 48 points, but for some reason in this game he had 45. Um, so he got 138 points. And Rudy, Rudy got 140 points. He actually got two points more for some reason. I don't understand that one at all. Okay, the next... The next game up was the BC Lions, or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, came over to the BC Lions. Uh, BC and Winnipeg split games in, in Winnipeg, and this was the first home game. Uh, this was the, you know, the tiebreaker in BC, and uh, it went almost according to plan all the way along. 
Um, BC dominated the first half of the game. Unfortunately, they kind of slacked off a little bit in the second half. I don't really know why. They just they couldn't turn the corner, couldn't do anything, couldn't amount anything happening. Now, was that halftime adjustments by Michael Shea and the Bombers, or was that just Vernon Adams being Vernon Adams, or what was it? I don't know. Now, Winnipeg started to field a comeback in the second half because they were down substantially. They were actually down 10 points with three minutes left in the game. Um, and their comeback was quite, quite honorable. It came up short. Now, a lot of people are going to question that because actually they didn't come up short. They came up and tied it at 26-26. But what I said when they came up short is they left time on the clock. And they left considerable time on the clock for BC to do something about it. And BC went out and absolutely did something about it. The problem was we either had a very poor coaching decision or a bad coaching period from the BC Lions, or we had a very, very selfish Dominic Rhymes. Because as soon as he caught that ball, the coaching staff should have told all of the receivers to hit the dirt as soon as you catch the ball so that we can kick a field goal. He should have caught the ball, fallen down, and the whistle would have blown. But no, he tried to make it into the end zone. He thought he could make it into the end zone, and he's running down there. The clock expires, and he gets tripped up on the seven or eight-yard line or something like this, and that's it. The game finalized at 26-26. Goes into overtime. Winnipeg, who had been on a roll, who had definitely had the momentum, went into overtime and won. Um, but they shouldn't have won the game. And regardless of what anybody says, I can't believe all these Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans says, oh, the superiority of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers won this. No, I'm sorry, it didn't. It was either a, it was a bad decision by BC that allowed you to take this game into overtime. It was nothing other than that. If, if BC had done what they were supposed to do, this game would have been over, and you would have been crying. And to, to be crowing from the rooftops about your superiority, the, 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 how dominant, how dynasty-like your team is, just makes me want to fucking puke. Okay? And I'll tell you, I'll read something that I got off of uh, one of the no, 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 that wasn't it. Uh, one of the posts, and it just, like, seriously, did you honestly say this? You can't say this and actually mean it. Nobody can dot, deny the greatness that we are witnessing. This is a true dynasty here. All the other CFL fans are jealous because Winnipeg proved again tonight not only are they the best team in the CFL, but they are also a top-notch organization envied by others. Let's go blue, hosting the Western final at IGF, baby. Go for the W. Somebody should just punch him in the head because this guy is too stupid to have a keyboard in his hands. This, it, it's ridiculous that anybody could actually believe this garbage. And it's all over the place. It's all over the Internet of these Bomber fans who think their team walks on water, and they didn't. They lost that game. BC failed to do it. That's, that's, that's bottom line. That's, that's the way that happened. And there's nothing that anybody can say to change that mind, my mind on that one. Because seriously, if BC did what they were supposed to do, 
this game was over. And uh, we wouldn't have been going to overtime, and there's no superiority. There's no dynasty. There's no domination here at all. They were just – the word fluky, lucky comes to mind, and a few other little things like that. Uh, Charles, you go ahead on this one now. Okay, let me Why start over again. Uh, yeah, let, yeah. let me start over again, not on mute. Uh, just going to say that um, this was a frustrating finish for me because the Lions really dominated the first half of this game. They were head and shoulders the better, better team. And then once we hit the second half, the offense, which looked so good in the first half, they could not get into any rhythm. They would get one or two plays, and then they would stall. They would get one or two plays, and they would stall. Now, i got to give credit where credit was due, because I think the Bombers made some very good halftime adjustments, especially on defense. But even but the thing is, the offense of the Bombers, they didn't even really have a very good second half, because they kept turning the ball over. Uh, Zach Caleros fumbled twice in the red zone. And let's face it, with less than three minutes to go, they were still trailing by 10 points. They put together a couple good drives. One resulted in a touchdown, one on a short yardage stop by their defense, and then they were able to go out, get the field goal, and tie the game. Dominic Rhines, all he had to do was catch the ball and hit the deck. He accomplished one of those things, he caught the ball, and then instead of hitting the deck and letting Sean White come out and kick a game-winning field goal, he tries to score a touchdown when we didn't need it. We just needed to get in field goal range, which he already was when he caught the damn ball. All you got to do is get down. And we've got a completely different narrative tonight, but he didn't. He ran, he came up short, he got caught from behind, and then overtime happened. And you just knew the way the game regulation had ended with the Lions basically having the win in their hand and then losing it, you kind of had a feeling how overtime was going to go in this one. And it did. And uh, is there a bobcat in the background all of a sudden? Um, Anyways, uh, it was so frustrating after that game. It really was because uh, it was actually, I mean, if you didn't care who won, it was a great entertaining game. Hell, I was entertained. I'm going to say it was an entertaining game, but the Lions really coughed that one away because even though the Bombers came back and tied it, they had the win in their hands. Dominic Rhymes had the win in their hands, and it was because either he didn't know better or he didn't get the right coaching um, the right coaching um, advice that we gave that one away. When we had the winning points there, all we got to do is get down and we kick a field goal and the game ends. So really a disappointing loss. Uh, Lions should have won that game. They really should have. And I'm not going to put it all on Dominic Rhymes because, quite frankly, the entire offense in the second half just was not nearly what they were in the first half. I thought the defense uh, played great, but I think they were starting to wear down towards the end because in the second half they were on the field a way too much because the Lions' offense wasn't moving the ball. 
and give credit to, to the Bombers somewhat because they did come back. They battled back and they got the win. So um, frustrating as a Lions fan, a great entertaining game, but uh, unfortunately it does not look like the Lions are going to get first place this year. And that's a disappointment because we probably should have. But it is what it is. It is what it is, and that's 100% true. You know, even going into this game, even um, six, eight weeks ago, I didn't, I personally, BC Lions fan for 52 years, I honestly don't believe the BC Lions have what it takes to beat the Bombers or the Argos in the playoffs simply because we don't have a rushing game. We don't have a running game. It doesn't exist. Okay, this game here, um, 127 yards rushing for Winnipeg, 48 for BC. You're going to get into the cold weather, which you're now going to be playing in IGF Field in Winnipeg in mid-November. You need a running game. You need a power back who is going to be able to run. And we simply don't have it, and we haven't had it all season. And we knew that when Butler left, we BC was, where's our running game? Where's our running game? Well, you can't win championships without a running game, and that's just a fact. Because from now on, you have to rely on it. And you can't rely on a pass-first, pass-often offense in the winter. It, it just it, it makes no sense. You can't do it. It just You can't do it. Um, Rudy, you're the Bomber fan. You go ahead. Well, I mean, first thing, I mean, I like to respond to you reading Bomber, some of the Bomber posts. I mean, yeah, every every fan base has idiots. And, I mean, yeah, that guy, guys like that are ones crying on great But they're everywhere. Rudy. But, but it's just, it's, it's not yeah, isolated. No, no, but it's, I could pick out BC fans. I mean, there's not as many online, but, I mean, I could I could pick out BC Lions fans talking stupid and whining about the refing and this and that. So it goes to every, it's every fan base. I mean, the young Bomber fans, they, they don't know the hard times, so they're just having some fun. And I, I honestly disregard 80% of the, of the, the fanboy stuff. I don't, I don't go for it because I know that it's uh, humble pie comes quick on, uh, on, on Sundays if you don't win. So um, I, that doesn't bother me. But the, uh, as for the game, you know what, Winnipeg, uh, you know, I thought that touchdown they got in the second quarter kind of settled things down, even though you have a late field goal to BC, but that touchdown kind of, kind of got things back on track and they weren't out of the ball game. And then their Winnipeg's defense took over in the second half and they really got after Vernon Adams. It was, I mean, they were, he didn't have much time to throw the ball. They were in the backfield the entire second half. Uh, So that was, that was uh, Impressive on Winnipeg's part. And then I thought that a play you guys didn't talk about was the uh, the third and one. I mean, that was a, that was a gimme yard. That was only a yard. That was wasn't a, a long yard. But it's a stupid play. Why, why well, do you, you go to, third and one? Why do you even do it? Punt the ball. You're up I mean, seven points. Yeah. Yeah, you could punt. I mean, I think you could punt, but I thought you could get that. But I think if you're going to run a play like that, don't run it up the middle. You have to come up with something different than just – running it between the backs because, I mean, you know, when you play the good teams, they're not going to give up – they're not going to give you that yard. You know, it's not, it's not a gimme. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, a punt, I'm fine with a punt. Let your, let your defense 
Count the ball. Not a lot of time left on the clock. Yeah. You're still up. You're still winning. Why would you give them the, a short field that late in the game? No, I agree. And also uh, on Rhymes, on the play with Rhymes, I think uh, he it's on him. He's a professional athlete. It's on him. He should, he knows. What's that? It's on him. hundred percent. It's on him. hundred percent. Yeah. You can't, you can't blame the coaching. I mean, God, the guy's a pro athlete. I mean, you should know the clock and you should have that sense to get down. Now, here's my question. If he slides down with three seconds left, but Winnipeg doesn't yep. touch him, how long does that clock he run was, for? He, how he was already, work? they had already made contact in the catch. So if you were to wait down, yeah, yeah. And so if, if he, he went down, down, he's giving himself up. Okay. So I'm just making sure. That's, yeah. So, so it should stop pretty and, much immediately. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to Yeah. You're correct. Okay. If, he goes, if he goes down and he's not touched, then they really don't yeah. blow the whistle. But when it's this late in the game, they tend to blow the whistle a little bit sooner for the simple reason of what he's yeah. tried to do. Yeah. No, that makes okay. sense. If it happened in the, the first quarter – they wouldn't have blown the whistle. Yeah. And he caught the first. He, he broke the initial tackle at, what, the 40? So if he goes down even to the 35, you're fine, right? The 42-yard field goal. Yeah, Hunter, you need a rouge. You can kick the ball yeah. from the 55 and punt the ball into the end zone at the 55 and watch it bounce yeah. out the back end. Yeah. I've actually got the play up that. right here, and I, and I paused it right here. Dominic Grimes caught the ball at the 45-yard line. He runs. He's at the 34-yard line, and there is still two seconds left. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a chip shot from there. So if he goes down, he, he could slide down at the 40-yard line, and he would have had probably three or four seconds left. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, mm-hmm. BC lost this game. Winnipeg didn't win it. And, and I know that that's a really stupid comment, and, and people say it all the time, but reality was this was BC's game, and they fucked it up. Oh, you have to execute, though, right? If you don't execute, you don't make good plays. I mean, I mean, Winnipeg, I wasn't happy with Caleros. Threw another stupid interception. Like, I don't know what he does. He's done that the last six, seven games where he just drops back and just throws up some kind of sideline, like, prayer, like, for no reason, without looking. Like, I don't know and if he expects his receiver to be wide open. I don't know what, what this is, that's all about. I don't get that play. It's going to cost Winnipeg yeah. in, in, the, in the playoffs. And, and two fumbles. But, uh, yeah, well, I think one fumble was on our O line because he he turned around and they were there. The other one, yeah, he's got to look after the ball. That, I mean, that, that, that was hilarious. We yeah, should, all, we should also a, give. I was just gonna say we should also give some credit to the guy that actually made the tackle on, on Rhymes at the five yard line because he came from five or six yards right. behind him, and Dominic Rhymes is a yeah. fast runner. Normally yeah. on a play like I mean, that, Farhan, Rhymes, like, like he pulls away. Farhan even oh. said he was going to score because for a second oh, there, Farhan, no. it looked Farhan like he was going to pull away. Yeah, I'm just saying he did make a great play to come from about five yards back to catch him. Because normally in a situation like that, Dominic Rhymes outruns everybody else. But he didn't at yeah. this point. Yeah, it, right. was a, it was a terrible ending to a really, really good football 
game. And it was, right? And I know you're going to say it's a great ending because your team won and everything else, but it's not the way that the uh, game should have you know, it was, it, it was, it, it played was, out. It, it, was a cru- it, was, it was a crucial It was a crucial victory for Winnipeg. Was it a well-played game? Oh, of course it was. Uh, it, was a, it was an exciting game, but both teams made mistakes and turned the ball over. So, yeah, I wouldn't call oh, yeah. it a well-played game. Hard fought, but too many mistakes on both sides, of, on both, both teams. I, I think Toronto yes. Toronto would capitalize on, those, on, on both those efforts. I think Toronto would probably, if you're going to beat Toronto in the Grey Cup game, both those teams have to clean up. Clean up their act. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, e- either one of these teams yeah. can be in the Grey Cup. I mean, they're going to yeah. go again. They're going to go head to head again. Yeah, it's going to be a lot harder yeah. in Winnipeg now than it would have been in BC. But the bottom line is, neither one of these teams right now are going to beat Toronto. No, I, I have to agree. So. I mean, one game shot and can happen, but and it, it goes. And, it goes well, through, we'll through. see. And, and that is when we're really going to find out whether Toronto is really the team that the Argo fans believe they are, or are they really the team that we thought they have been, where they just they've got a really good record yeah. because they played a lot of shitty teams, because they didn't yeah. play they played BC and Winnipeg once each, and they're one and one between the two of them. Okay, so they're 500 football against teams that are above 500. Think about yeah. that one. I, I like Toronto's defensive line. I think they they they're best in the league. Yeah. So William, you're on the sidelines in this conversation. Come on in now and talk about football. Wow. DC Lions. Do I finally do I finally get to talk now that all the homerism is over and done? Okay. <laughs> you could you this could was, have said any, was, you could have butted this in is this is this is the way I this is the way I looked at it. Okay. You guys are saying if Dominic Rimes had a win down, they would have kicked a field goal. Okay, in what fucking in what fucking league is a is a field goal guaranteed? Give me a break, okay? So Sean White, it might have happened. Said. It might have happened. Yeah, Sean White can miss just like everybody else. Anyways, um, and, a, and as far as and uh, William, a Rouge would have won the game. Yeah. Anyways, as far as uh, Rudy was saying, third and one, why they run it up the middle. You should never, ever, ever not make a third and one in the CFL. The guys line up a yard off the fucking ball. The offensive line knows what the count is. If they just drive block right off the line, they should make it every single time. Anyways, um, you know what? I, I I tell you what the problem is with BC. The problem with BC is they were up by 10 points with how much time left? Where, where they don't have Under three killer minutes. instinct. They don't have killer instinct. They should have they should have no. they should have won that game. Okay? It's that simple. And I mean, if you're gonna relax and you're up by ten points against Winnipeg, then you need to you need to listen to somebody else because no lead is safe in the CFL. It doesn't matter what team it is. Oh, it's hundred percent. Okay. And so, yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't that great of a game. It wasn't that bad of a game. But once again, I think they were feeling each other out. And I, 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 let's see what happens when they play when they play for the big money. And I and I still think 
both of these teams are better than Toronto. Because uh, yeah. you also, you also, you also, they've also played each other three times this year, BC and yeah. Winnipeg. And so, yeah. you know what? Uh, uh, good teams make good teams better. And I don't think Toronto has played enough good teams this year. Well, you know okay. the thing is, don't forget this. Sorry, uh, Hamilton and Montreal are both kind of surging late in the CFL season, and that's always a dangerous animal when those CFL teams catch fire. Uh, Usually, abs- uh, yeah. sure. And and you know what? Matt Schlitz doesn't scare me at all. Sorry. No. Like, come on. Okay, come on. He couldn't. He well, couldn't beat Bo Levi Mitchell out for the starting job at the beginning of the year. This guy doesn't scare me at all. <laughs> so, but once again, once again, it's why they play the game, right? And BC, I, I said, I've said this numerous times. Hamilton's defense is a lot better than they've shown this year. And I think they uh, are kind of maybe gelling at the right time. But we'll see. And once again, we talked about this before, Toronto's got nothing to play for for the rest of the year. Okay? So that's pretty tough. Trust me, I've been there with Calgary. It's pretty hard to stay competitive. Then you wrap it back up. I want to go Go back and say, touch something that you said, Will, where you said that uh, you think that BC and Winnipeg are both better teams than Toronto. I actually agree with you. Uh, my, my comment when I said that both Winnipeg and BC are not as good as Toronto, they didn't show it in this game. This game was sloppy by both teams. If they play football like that against Toronto in the Grey Cup, Toronto's going to win. Yeah, but, on but if the they other clean hand, up their game and they play play football the way they're supposed to, and they usually do, they could they could and will beat Toronto. I mean, I don't want to say this to you and Charles because it might make your heads big. I was I was impressed with Vernon Adams big time. Oh, so am I. During that game, all he year. went. He was all he was, year. He was great. He was great, and it also helps. Yeah. When you have the receiving, when you have the receiving core, but and, mm-hmm. and Christopher hit the hit the head on the the nut on the head, they do not have a running game, and it seems oh yeah, it seems the running game is an afterthought, okay, and that's yeah. going to get them in trouble. Pretty simple. That's I think it's, it's that's their, their big, biggest. Big I, I think that's their biggest weakness right now. What happened to Sean? Yeah. I'd like to know what happened to Sean Shivers. He played a couple of games this year and looked really good, and we have not seen him since. They they actually didn't they release him or put him down on the practice roster or something like that? Like he is not not. Even I know he, he was he, he was injured, but I haven't seen him since. I don't remember them putting him on the practice roster. But he had a couple of nice games earlier in the season, and when. Uh, Mizell got hurt initially, and we haven't seen anything from him yeah. yet. And as soon as and I know they've got a new running back, they, they, they yeah. put him out. Yeah, and Mizell is out again this week, and they've got a new running back start, a guy named Hardy. I don't, I don't remember his first name, but he's going to be starting at running back this week. I don't know who he is. 
Well, maybe that might be a saving grace. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll have to wait to see, I guess. And actually, he might tear it up and go, oh, what the hell was this? <laughs> Wouldn't that be Hey, nice? I was going to say, is is Dave Evans uh, still hurt or not? You know, I, I would have he's to believe that he had, a, he had broken ribs. And I would have to believe that that's, that's two months ago. They should have healed by now unless yeah. he's just de- kept damaging them and everything else. Okay, um, he so if I haven't seen but him he on the field, played, obviously. I was going to say, if I'm, Dave Dickinson, if I'm Dave Dickinson, I'd dangle one of his running backs in front of BC for Dane Evans. So then we can have a quarterback. In the offseason, we're past the trading deadline. Well, yeah, that we're past happened the trade deadline. A, a week they should ago. have done that two weeks yep. ago. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That would have been good. I, 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 oh well. I, I might have taken that. I might have taken that trade. Because they got two or three good running backs. So. Yeah. But that's definitely BC's weak point. Okay, let's finish this game off. This was the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 34, BC Lions 26. Total score was 60. Charles, you took BC. You got 34 points. Will, you took the Bombers 108. Uh, CJ took BC 18 points. Uh, Rudy took Winnipeg. You got 132. That was my zero game, and that was Charles' zero game this week. Will's zero game was oh, you. It was Edmonton-Toronto game. You picked Edmonton. I don't know how you did that. Okay. Um, next game up was the uh, Saskatchewan or Hamilton Tiger Cats into Regina to play the Rough Riders. And this went exactly the way I thought it would, honestly. Uh, earlier on, like, I would have bet money that Saskatchewan – this would have been Saskatchewan's only victory for the rest of the season. And that was back in week 11 I made that prediction. Since then, they've, they've won a few games, but not a whole lot. I honestly thought they would beat Hamilton, but Hamilton has turned a corner. They fired Tommy Condell. They uh, put Scott Milanovic in as the offensive coordinator. Uh, they put Taylor Powell in as the quarterback, and things just started to light up for Hamilton. The de- defensive came together. Uh, Jaguar Davis is now back and healthy. Remember, he got traded to Calgary, and the trade didn't go through because he couldn't pass a physical. Well, he's now physically fit, and he's playing football for Hamilton. And, you know, he, he, wins, he goes to Grey Cups. Whether he wins them or not, doesn't matter. He goes to them. So I'd like to see Hamilton in the Grey Cup this year. That would be awesome playing at their own in their own stadium. Um, I, I, you know, Hamilton's doing a pretty good job right now, and Saskatchewan is not. I, I think the 13 points really flattered the riders in this game, and that's that goes something to say, but who knows? Rudy's going to send you out the door first on this one. Uh, you know what? I watched about six minutes of this game because I took Saskatchewan. I put a few bucks in. I thought the Riders would do something at home. And uh, it was over early. And I haven't seen a Saskatchewan team look that bad at home since they mailed it in the 80s. <laughs> like, it's been a long time since they looked that inept. Uh, like, totally rolled over. Um, I think they've quit on their coach completely. And 
I mean, and, you know, full marks for Hamilton. I mean, they don't have a lot of wins in that stadium, and they they walked in there and uh, they rolled. So give them credit, but uh, I'm not – I'm not sure if it was more a case of Saskatchewan rolling over and Hamilton just sort of staying out of their way. And I don't know what you what, what your thoughts like, are. But, like uh, I said, the the bottom six teams, they look some of them look strong against some of the other ones, but that doesn't yeah, no, mean that they look strong sense. against the top three. So Hamilton looked very dominant over Saskatchewan. Is Hamilton going to look dominant over BC this week? That's the big question, isn't it? Okay. Um, William. Yeah. William, come I, on board uh, here. Talk I, Hamilton, I, Saskatchewan. I, I, I actually watched that entire game. I don't know why. I think I was, <laughs> I think I was working, and I, and I was sitting in front of the TV doing work, and, and I kept on watching it. Um Somebody, yeah, somebody had looks, to pay you to watch it right now. Okay. Hamilton's defense. Hamilton's defense looks pretty good. Um, I think Saskatchewan still has lots of injuries. They're not a very good football team. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> Hamilton kind of. You know, it was thirty, or it was. I think Saskatchewan had thirteen points at halftime, and I remember. Uh, them saying that, you know, you know, Saskatchewan could come back in the second half. There's lots of time. And it didn't happen. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, the running game was not bad. Um, they, they had nine points at halftime. They got four in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was horrible. Um, and I... And despite, despite Saskatchewan's horrible game against Hamilton, I, uh, I'm, I'm not mailing in the results on Friday against Calgary because they're not gonna. It's, it's not gonna be that easy for Calgary. Saskatchewan could win very easily. They could win. Okay, well, so that you know, I, well, I tell you. I tell you I tell you what, the scariest thing for me this year is I'm a guy who tries and tries to sell the CFL. And when guys talk to me about the NFL that live in Canada, I talk to them about the CFL. But this year, I've kind of kept my mouth shut because, I mean, the bottom, the bottom, the bottom six teams are horrible. It's horrible football, especially especially if Calgary makes the playoffs, okay? Like, holy shit, because they've been awful all year. So it's just it's, – it's pathetic, man. So I, I've never seen – I don't – can't remember a year like this in the CFL ever. Ever, ever, ever. No, so, ever. In, in my lifetime. Yeah. In my lifetime. Yeah, I know. I've never seen anything this bad. And 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 I and I'm, you're right. Maybe in my lifetime, I'm not. I mean, I don't remember some of the seasons, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of pathetic. So I'm just saying. But yeah, I uh, oh. Saskatchewan's not a good football team. Um, Hamilton is not much better, but I guess they have a better quarterback than Saskatchewan has. 
but not much. Yeah. When you're getting dominated by Matt Slitz, you're in trouble. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Oh, it, one thing that we've completely neglected to say here is an Eastern crossover is still in play. Ottawa still could cross over taking Saskatchewan out. Okay. And this is the only team that's been eliminated. And it doesn't make a difference as far as, as you guys are always talking about who's the tallest midget. Well, it doesn't matter if it's oh, yeah. Ottawa, Saskatchewan, Calgary. Okay, like give me a no, break. No, not at all. No, they got to go into BC and, and and beat the Lions, and that's not going to happen. Ottawa only has two games left, and they're they're four and twelve. No, they're four and eleven. They're four and eleven. Are they? Yes. Okay. Coming down the stretch right now, Ottawa plays um, week 19. Ottawa plays Toronto on Saturday. Ottawa plays Toronto. No, Rudy is back to 4 and 12. I'm right. Okay, then it's CFL.ca that's wrong. They're 4 and 12. (laughs) They haven't updated. So they've only got two games left. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, never mind. My bad. They only got two games left. So they have been eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and so has so has Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton and Ottawa have been eliminated. The crossover is out of play. And Calgary is the only one that has any chance of taking Saskatchewan. And they have to beat BC, Winnipeg, and and Saskatchewan. William, you there? Um, how many games against Calgary and Saskatchewan this year? And who's who has? They're won t- they're they're tied they're tied one one. They're tied one one. So this is going to be the season yes. series. So this is going to be so that's the, why, a four point game, kind of like the BC Winnipeg game that, was this that's week. That's why this is the this is the biggest game if it ends in a tie because whoever wins the game on Friday. If it ends in a tie for some strange reason, then that team is going to win. So, not that it fucking matters, but <laughs> no. So, so they they lead the point spread right now. I they? I think I think on Friday night they should make this a real competitive game. I think they should ban field goals and see who wins. <laughs> It might be a hockey score, but no, it couldn't be a hockey <laughs> score. Yeah, no, you should ban field goals. They can win on the Rouge. There you go. My God. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Charles, Charles, go ahead and talk about this football game. This is Saskatchewan and Hamilton. Unmute yourself. Yeah. Well, uh, let's just... Um... Huh. Talk about a team that looks like they've pretty much given up uh, and they're tuning their coach out. I mean, this is just a a stagnant, dull, uh, boring team that just doesn't seem to care. They don't give a damn. Uh, it was, that was painfully evident there. 
And I remember we talked about a story last week about uh, uh, how Craig Dickinson hasn't gotten a uh, contract extension yet. I think there's a reason for that. There's no way they're bringing <laughs> that clown back. The guy, first of all, he should have been axed after last season. And he's coming, uh, remember a couple of weeks ago, oh, don't give up on the team. This team is different. Yeah, they're different. They're probably worse. Uh, this team is a disaster <laughs> right now. Uh, and they've traditionally, over the past number of years, been a good um, home team. But they, they just don't seem to care, honestly. Well, they don't um, have the stand, fans in the stands anymore. No, because they don't want to pay to watch this crap. This team doesn't care. This team wants nothing to do with the rest of this season. Uh, you talk about a team that sometimes plays for pride. This, they're not playing with any type of pride. They're just going out, going through the motions, taking their loss and going home. I mean, uh, yeah, Hamilton won this game, but they had very little resistance in this game. Nine points at home? Like, this is just a, a sad, sad hockey team. They really are. Or, sorry, hockey team. Well, they probably would be a sad hockey team, but they're a sad football team, too. Um, you know, maybe they might be better if they tried hockey, because football's not going so well for them. But, anyways, bad football team beaten by a, well, a, a mediocre at least football team. They're, they're Saskatchewan's up and coming and maybe peaking at the right time. We'll see uh, how they go, go for them in the playoffs. That's the one. And Saskatchewan not peaking. Uh, maybe they are, and that's no. a bad thing. But, no, bad football team, a bad loss, and this team is finished for this year, and they need wholesale changes in Saskatchewan. Yeah, 100% they do. Craig Dickinson is gone. There's no question, no doubt about that. Is Jeremy O'Day gone? He should be, without question. Craig Reynolds is the one that really needs to go because um, he's the one that kept these two clowns on after the end of last season when he should have got rid of them and dealt with the cap and said, okay, we're going to have a cap in here. We're going to figure out what we're going to do, but we can't keep these guys around just because we have a contract. And who's the idiot that gave them the contract to start with? You know, seriously, I mean, Craig Dickinson, is, is, this team has been going downhill real fast since 2019. Why would you give the guy a contract extension in 2021? It makes no sense. None. Zero. That guy should have children's team. Yeah, but yeah, but who do they hire? Who do they hire? Well, I, I understand that, Will, and and that's the sad thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's a couple of teams out there right now that have some serious coaching problems, and I think Calgary's one of them. And I said a long time ago that Cal- Dave Dickinson can't be doing this job. And I know you and I have gone around and around in a circle with this. And I said about three, four weeks ago, exactly what Sparky said two days ago, maybe Dave just goes up and does general manager and um, Mark Killam comes in as head coach because he's the assistant head coach. And then they, I don't want to say they hire Craig Dickinson as their special teams coordinator, but they find another special teams coordinator for, for the Stampeders. That might be the answer in Calgary. Same answer that we have in Hamilton with Orlando Steinauer yeah, moving but, up into the head office and Scott Milanovic yeah, but, taking over the head coaching position. Yeah, but I'm sitting here listening to you say that, and you were, you and Charles are also the guys who told me that uh, 
shit, and I can't even remember his name. Why can't I remember his name? God, I'm getting old. That, that Calgary's Calgary's current quarterback is a good quarterback. Well, he's not, okay? So I don't know why you would ever think that a guy like Killam, who's never been a head coach anywhere, would be a head coach in, in the CFL. I mean, I think that's silly. Well, everybody has to get a shot at being head coach sometimes. Bob Dice just did. Right. Was it a success or a failure, right? Everybody gets gets a shot at it. If Mark Killam needs to have that shot, if it's not going to be with Calgary, it's going to be with somebody. It's some team out there is going to do it. It might be Saskatchewan. Yeah, I, I, I don't and, and, and I hope Mark, he turns that down. Yeah, but yeah, but you know what? Do you think Mark Killam has been offered other jobs over his career? One hundred percent, he has. Okay, and why he has. hasn't he left? But, why but, hasn't he left Calgary? Why hasn't he left? Calgary? Maybe he's maybe he's never going to leave Calgary. You want to be part of a winning never, organization. Right now, Calgary is not a gonna, winning organization anymore. Yeah, but... It, it's but, rap, but rap Calgary, Calgary hasn't been a winning organization since 2019. You think it's taken him this yeah. long to decide he wants to go somewhere else? Because there's been many job opportunities since 2019. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I just... I know. I'm thinking I still don't think uh, Calgary needs – I think Calgary needs to get rid of a couple of coaches, but it's not Dave Dickinson. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I know, and we're going to agree to disagree on that one because I really don't think Dickinson's head coach material, and he ever really has been. Because you, you don't take a team – and you're saying they haven't they haven't been a winning team since 2019. That's this is three years going downhill, and this is at four and eleven. This is this is the worst Calgary's been in, in decades. Decades. 2001. They might not for win it. 2001. 2001. And they won the Great that's Cup. Two decades. Anyways, um, right. So that's that's two decades of. of, of and and and. You know, and, and you can't do that. They might not win another game for the rest of the season. They might not. The Saskatchewan okay. steals this one from them. They got to play BC and Winnipeg. Uh-huh. The, the, the Dunnigan year was pretty bad. Not no 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 Charles. This has been the worst year ever since I've been a Stamps fan. This is by far and away the worst year ever. Yeah. Fair enough. Weren't they, I don't, ever, weren't, weren't, I don't ever remember the Stampeders being four wins on the season, and that that could be the end end result. We didn't have a three and thirteen year in the early eighties or like eighty four. No, I think in the seventies. I think they were pretty bad in the seventies too, weren't they? Yeah. When Jack they had Otto few, was the head had, coach. They two, yeah, they had two really bad years in the mid eighties. I'm not sure what their record was, but they were they were pretty bad. I think yeah. 84, 84 and 85, they were bad both of those years. Yeah. Yeah. Was Jack Golda the, was Jack Golda the coach? Who was the coach? In the 70s, Jack Golda was the coach. And they also had one thought. year with Steve Barato as coach. That was really bad. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Okay, so the final in this game was Hamilton 38, Saskatchewan 13, 51 points. Uh, Charles, you took Hamilton to win. You got 130. Will, you took Hamilton. You got 124. Uh, CJ took Hamilton. You got 136. And Rudy picked uh, Saskatchewan and got 34 points. Okay. The last game up, <laughs> this, this one was terrible. Um, I honestly didn't know what to do with this game. There was no choice as to who was going to win this game. But it was, it's, again, it's okay. We know who the tallest midget is here. Uh, this is the Ottawa Red Blacks going into Montreal to play the Alouettes. And the Alouettes didn't play a bad game. They, their defense was pretty stout, and uh, it just went on. I mean, this was a racing day for me, so that's unfortunate. Uh, so I kind of checked the highlights and stuff, this, that, and everything else. And uh, Montreal didn't play a bad game, but they didn't play a great game. How do you play Ottawa and only score 29 points? I don't know. Uh, Charles, start us off on this one. I was just going to say, you missed nothing. Uh, just so you know, yeah, oh, this know. was awful, awful. Yeah. I mean, as bad as that Saskatchewan game with Hamilton was, this was worse. This was just a, a, a glorified scrimmage between a pro team and a bantam team. This was embarrassing. I mean, uh, this was a game that the Ottawa playoff hopes rested on. They needed to win that game just to get have a shot still at the playoffs. And they no-showed. They didn't They did nothing. This is a bad football team. I mean, it's almost as if Saskatchewan and Ottawa are competing to see who's worse. Because as bad as Saskatchewan was in that game against Hamilton, Ottawa was worse against Montreal. Now, granted, whether Montreal or Hamilton are better teams, then one another, who really knows? But this was a sad, a disgusting performance uh, by a team that was playing for their playoff lives, and let's face it, they didn't give a damn. They really didn't. And it's a sad uh, state of affairs. Like, like Will said, there are three good teams in the CFL, and everybody else is in trouble. Now, there's probably a bit of a middle tier where you got teams like Hamilton, Montreal. Well, Hamilton and Montreal, because I don't even think, I'm not putting Saskatchewan, Calgary, Edmonton there. So you've got the three good teams, the two mediocre teams, and then the bottom feeders. But there's really no middle class in the CFL, because even the middle-of-the-road teams are still kind of crappy. And I've never seen it quite like this before. But it is what it ever, is. Ever, ever. Bad foot. Never seen yeah. it. Bad football, uh, a waste of time. Poor people who, who spent time on their Thanksgiving Monday watching this nonsense and this no-show, really embarrassing. And, uh, yeah, it's sad because uh, it's not entertaining whatsoever. I mean, if they go out and they lose in entertaining fashion, like the Lions lost in a game that was entertaining, that's one thing. These guys aren't even, aren't even showing up. They're going, they're going through the motions. It's like they just want to get this season over with. And thankfully, in a couple more weeks, these guys, will, these uh, bottom feeders will be done. Because, quite frankly, they may as well not be playing to begin with. Yeah. Agreed. 
Agreed, agreed, agreed. It's a it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, William. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I don't have a comment. My grandkids came to visit me, and I'd rather hang out with my grandkids than watch a football game like that, so I didn't watch it. So I have no comment whatsoever. Sorry. No one can blame you for that, to be honest. No. No. I, I would not blame you for that at all. Did you know that Saskatchewan Rough Riders have had 500 points scored against them? <laughs> What's the wow. What, what the record is the most points scored against in an 18-game season? Hamilton had a bad team. And Hamilton and Saskatchewan, I think, one of those. Yeah, it, it's pretty brutal. 500, 496. I mean, and there's still two games left. Okay. Uh, Rudy, talk about this football. You did talk about this football. <laughs> I, uh, I about didn't like talk about it, but... Oh, Charles did. No, oh. Rudy, you, you didn't. Charles did. That was him. Well, I didn't really... I, I turned it on for a second, and I saw the score, and I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk. Um, I'm going to make a comment. I mean, this is the fourth year in a row that Ottawa... Is about a four-win team. That's four years in a row. Like that is a long time. Never mind not making the playoffs, but like that's a disaster. Like one going four and fourteen one year is bad, but doing it four years in a row is not good for the league or the franchise. And those fans have hung tough, but you know what? I'm seeing more and more empty seats there. And then next year when uh, the season starts, I I think they're going to struggle to get twenty thousand. And then I'll just keep eroding if things don't improve. And uh, Bobby Dice has to go. And I don't know what they have going forward. Maybe Trump, but does he have any weapons around him? He has nothing around him. So it's basically he runs for his life and will probably get killed one day running for his life. So I'm not sure what they're going to do going forward, but it's not a good situation. That's all I have to say. No, there's not enough quarterbacks and there's not enough um, coaches in this league right now. Well, and maybe you got to take a chance on some other guys. Like, go outside the box. Don't hire the same assistants and make go. Go to U.S. college. Go find a – go find someone. Get a mentor. Like, you, you like, can't – figure it out. Rudy, 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 Rudy. I, great idea. You do know that U.S. college coaches make three times more than CFL coaches, Right. I'm talking more Minimal. about a different, like not, 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 not a big-time U.S. college coach. I'm talking about maybe an assistant or, or just something. Like, just beat the bushes. Like, figure it out. I think they should bring more Canadians into the league, and that would attract more <laughs> fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take you Will on mute. <laughs> You're going to be a hero now on uh, – Let's talk CFL now. It's going to be the oh boy. No, that's that's <laughs> not going to happen. Okay. Um, Bring in so the second string running back from Guelph. Okay, Montreal twenty nine, Ottawa three. Uh, we all took Montreal. Charles got one hundred and six. Will got one hundred and thirty eight. 
CJ got 110, and Rudy got 116. So here's how this week ended. I'm on Sparky's thing here. Uh, CJ came out with a 402 for the week. Charles had 408. Uh, Rudy had 422, and Will got 402. So Will and CJ had the same score. Uh, it turns out that uh, CJ is still in the lead at 5478. Uh, Charles is 150 points back at one. Uh, 5324. Rudy's back 300 points at 5082. And uh, Will's off the pace a little bit at 3820. Okay, there's our standing so far in this year. Uh, and we get to do the game picking for this week. Okay, so we've got BC into Hamilton to play the Tiger Cats. DraftKings have BC by four with an over-under of 49. Okay, uh, Charles, you're up on this one. You've got the pick in the BC Lions, but you've got to say it. Yes, Sparky, I'm picking the Lions in the cat fight. Um I think BC was going to want to reestablish themselves. I think they were hugely disappointed with the way that game ended last week. That's a game they should have won and uh, kind of pissed it away at the end. Uh, They want to come back. I mean, they still mathematically anyway still have a shot at um, the – still have a shot at the first place. I mean, it's a remote chance because I just – I don't see any chance that the um, Bombers are going to drop their last two games, even if the Lions win both of them. I think the Bombers get at least one and probably both of their last two games. But, hey, they've got to play at least right now like they still have a shot because mathematically they do. Uh, So they want to come out. They want to get back into the win column, and um, I think they will. I think uh, the Ticats are an improved team, no question. I just don't think they're as good as the Lions even though they have been playing on a roll, but I think the Lions will come out. They're going to want to take over this game, and I think they will win this game. I'm going to take the Lions, uh, and I'll say 46 points. 46 points? Okay. Uh, Cool. Um, One thing that I forgot to mention, or I neglected, um, was that the CFL Pick'em Trends right now has BC 74%, Hamilton at 24 so that's covering the same kind of draft king odds i'm kind of looking for the um cfl uh reporters because they had they picked these right now and uh i had that post up somewhere and i'm just trying to see if i can find it uh just give me a second here we are the pickums uh so Jamie Nye has the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Pat Steinberg has the BC Lions. Matthew Cause has the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Christina Costable has uh, the BC Lions. Chris O'Leary has the Lions. And Jim Morris has uh, the Lions. Okay, so that's how it is. So uh, we've got uh, four, four out of six have picked the Lions over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Okay, so that's kind of there. Let's keep that there. Bring Sparky back here. There we go. William, your pick here, bud. Uh, well, into you know, Hamilton. I don't think uh, 
Matthew Schlitz has had an opportunity to show his full potential as a quarterback. And No, you don't think so? No, and Hamilton does have a really good running game. And we know that do. DC doesn't have a doesn't have a running game. And no. it's really hard to get a win in Hamilton for some reason. And I still think Hamilton has a pretty decent defense. I don't know how well they'll do against those receivers in BC or if the VAG is on, but I think uh, I'm going to pick Hamilton and I'm going to go 45. Hamilton, 45. Okay, Rudy, what are you going to do here? BC, Hamilton. Need the odds again? Yeah, I need any anything, I, any stats, or are you good? I, I I'm going to go on field. I think uh, BC is. I think they're a little bit down from that loss last last week, and I think it took a lot out of them. I think it'll be hard for them to get back up for Hamilton, and Hamilton will be fired up. They're playing good at home, so I think Hamilton will win this game. I'll go Hamilton. Oh, it's going to be a little scoring, I think. Uh, Hamilton, 42. And CJ, is, uh, you know what? I agree with Charles. Uh, BC is kind of a little pissed about that. I think Dominic Rhines has something to prove that he's not just a complete moron because that's kind of how I felt he was the other day. And, no, uh, they're he gonna is come a back and they're going to do something. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. I I am impressed the fact that he's in the top 10 receivers of the CFL and he's only played seven games. I think it's the top 10. Maybe it was the top 20. Uh, Anyhow, uh, BC Lions are going to win this game. I'm going with the 48 points. So that's just slightly on the underside of the break at 49. BC is going to definitely cover the point spread. Uh, Yeah. I'm with that one. That's, I'm all over that one. Okay, so now we've come into the second game. Uh, this is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders coming into Calgary to play the Stampeders. And the odds of the Stampeders winning this one are 51.4% and Riders at 48.6. So it's a pretty close game being done by the odds guys right now. They've got Calgary winning it by three points over under a 47 and a half. Um, the Pickham Trends has Calgary Stampeders at 72 point, uh, 72%, Calgary at 28%. So, yeah, it's a – most of us believe the Calgary Stampeders are going to win this one. In fact, all six of CFL's uh, reporters have said uh, that it is going to be the Calgary Stampeders victorious over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So what do you say, Charles? Say it with your mic unmuted. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, this is really weird because both of these teams suck, to be perfectly honest. Neither one of these teams is a good football team. Uh, so we've really got to figure out which sucks less. I mean, Saskatchewan currently <laughs> has more wins, but they haven't won since Labor Day. And Calgary, well, they haven't won much since Labor Day either. Um, who's the better quarterback, Jake Mayer or Jake Togala? 
I don't know. Who's the better coach? You got the brothers here, Dickinson versus Dickinson. Well, we, one Dickinson's won a great cup into the coach. The other Dickinson's won jack shit. Uh, this is a bad football team versus bad. So it's going to be the team that's the least worst of this, if you can believe it, because these teams simply aren't good. And right now, as bad as they have seen, and they only have four wins, I like Calgary in this game because I think they're the lesser of two evils, so to speak, and they're probably the the better of the two crappy teams. So I'm actually going to pick the Stampeders to win this one. Um, I mean, like this is like a tallest Mitchell contest, as we refer to sometimes, because this is bad versus bad, but I think... Right now, the less bad is Calgary, and I picked them to win at home. So I'm going to say Calgary 40, 40 points even. Okay. And, William, you're going to go to this game and, and, and bumble up and try to stay warm? Um, I'm going to go to this game you... as, long as, it's not, as long as it's not below zero. Okay? okay. And... I already looked in game time. It's supposed to be nine. So, yeah, I'll probably be there. Um, okay. Well, that's, you know, I, I, I've been beating, going back and forth in this game. You know I don't like Calgary's quarterback. You know I don't like kickers. But I think overall, I think Calgary has better players. And I think they have yeah. better talent. But they haven't strung four good quarters together this year. So, I mean, there's lots of reasons why they, I should They beat pick. Toronto. Yeah, I know. There's lots of reasons why I shouldn't pick Calgary. But there's only one reason I shouldn't pick Saskatchewan, and that's because it's Saskatchewan. Okay. Never in my life will I pick Saskatchewan. Um, I'm going to go Calgary, who knows, and let's say 42 points. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, there's not a lot of reasons to pick Calgary, but there's no reasons to pick Saskatchewan. Well, Saskatchewan, um, so, does, have, Saskatchewan does have a good running back. Okay, so yeah. So okay. hey, I'll give I'll give them that. And they do have some, some receivers, and they have the tallest quarterback in the CFL, don't they? Yeah, I don't mind this. And they wear the and they wear those beautiful green bad. sweaters. So shut up. Okay, Rudy, you gonna take those riders? You you oh, love the riders. You know what? I think Cal- Calgary's dude, this law of averages, they're at home. I mean, and Saskatchewan, I mean, I think they're worse than Calgary. So I'm going to go Calgary. Oof. <laughs> Calgary 30. Calgary, Calgary 38. Calgary 38. Okay. Well, what did I say the over-under on this thing was, 20, 47 and a half? Uh, BC, or BC, uh, CJ is taking uh, the Calgary Stampeders on this one. 
I'm going to go on an oversight of this thing at 48 points, the over-under at 47 and a half. Uh, I just think picking Calgary is just a no-brainer. Saskatchewan sucks beyond suck. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely terrible. And I don't see them. I don't see it happening. Well, yeah, Calgary's going to win this one in a walk. Um, okay, so the next uh, game up is the Montreal. And this is the, those both those games were on Friday night, so the BC Hamilton game starts at four o'clock on the West Coast, and then the uh, Calgary game starts at six thirty. So again, again. The CFL schedule has only given two and a half hours for a football game. Fortunately, it's the BC Lions got the first game, so we get to watch them or listen to them on SiriusXM. Um, okay, so the second game up is the Saskatchewan. Oh, we've done the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We're going to do the Montreal Alouettes on Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. on the West Coast are going into Edmonton, so I guess that would be a 2 p.m. start in Edmonton and uh, in Edmonton. And uh, we'll see what's going on now. Now, is this, is, this is the upswinging Edmonton Elks and the, uh, I can't call them upward-bound Montreal Alouettes. They're kind of like stable. They're not really spiraling down. They're not improving. They're just kind of mediocre, treading water, to, sort of in the middle echelon of the league right now. So is Montreal able to take out the Elks or the Elks able to take out the Alouettes? I mean, that's really what the question is here. Um, and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Okay, so um, go back over to Sparky's numbers here. Uh, Montreal is uh, is the favorite here. They have a, a one-point spread to beat. That over-under is at 48. Uh how is that even possible? Okay. And uh, Jamie Nye has taken the Elks. Jamie Nye, can you believe that? Jamie Nye picked the Elks. Pat Steinberg took the Alouettes. Matthew Cause took the Elks. Christina Constable took the Owls. Uh, Chris O'Leary took the Owls. And Jim Morris took the Elks. So we're three and three on the, on the reporter type of picks. So that's where we stand at right this point in time. Uh, oh, oh. The trend. The trend says Montreal by 75%, Edmonton 25. Charles, what are you going to do with this one? Montreal, Corey Fajardo, Trey Ford. <laughs> this game is in Montreal. Isn't it? is, uh, no, it's in Edmonton. It's in Edmonton. It is in Edmonton. Chris Jones' defense. Yeah. Boy. You know, Montreal overall is a better team, but they've had some clunkers too this season. Uh, so they have a nut in the uh, – And lately. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, I still think Montreal wins this one. I just think they're a better team. I think they're they're better defensively, even though uh, the Elks have a decent defense. I just think – Montreal is better. I don't think their offense is great because of Cody Fajardo, but I think their defense is enough to carry them in this one uh, against Trey Ford, who's not a bad quarterback, but they just, uh, they're just not very good on offense. Uh, they need more weapons. They need a retooling on that offense. But, uh, no, I just, I, I just see this as a win for the, uh, 
a, a win for the um, Alouettes. I just don't think that the Elks are are good enough right now, and they're kind of playing uh, playing out the string. So I'm going to take Montreal in this one. I'll say Montreal and uh, 44 points. 44 points with Montreal Alouette. Okay. Uh, yeah. William. Montreal Edmonton. Montreal in Edmonton. Edmonton. In, in Edmonton. In Edmonton. Uh, you know, I don't know if we've had a weekend in Alberta this year where both the Alberta teams have won. So maybe, maybe they're due. Um, you know, at this point in time, I think uh, guys on Edmonton are playing for jobs because we know how Chris Jones replaces guys. So I think they're still highly motivated. I don't think Montreal is as motivated because they – They've made the playoffs, right? They're going to be in second place probably. So, and Montreal has Cody Fajardo. And you know how Cody Fajardo is my favorite quarterback in the CFL. So, I am going to pick uh, Edmonton 42. Uh. 42, did you say? Yes, sir. Montreal, 42. No. Hey, Rudy, what are you going to pick here? Edmonton, oh, Edmonton, 42. Edmonton, 42. My bad, my bad, my bad. Thank you. Rudy, what are you taking here? This game here, I'll... I think Montreal... They're going to be... They want to go Montreal. You're 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 muffled in your talking right now. I think you said you're going to go with Montreal, but you didn't. You need to pick a point. Montreal, Montreal forty. Montreal forty. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, CJ is going to take the Montreal Alouettes at forty-eight points, and we'll see what the hell happens from there. Now we have one final game for the the week, and that is the Ottawa. Red Blacks into Toronto to play the Argonauts. And they're playing them in back-to-back games to finish off the season here. So this is kind of neat. Now, DraftKings betting odds do not have any odds on this game at all. They've just completely ignored it. There's nothing there. There's no over-under. There's no covering points. There's just absolutely nothing. They, they, they do not want to touch this game, and you can't blame them. CFL Pick'em Trends has a Toronto 96, Ottawa 4. 4%. 4% of the people out there actually picked Ottawa to win this. And uh, it's a straight board. Uh, Argo straight across the board from the TSN reporters on this picking this one. So um, anybody who's picking Ottawa, um, I'm sorry. I really am sorry to hear you. But uh, we'll just put Toronto straight across the board there. Charles, what's your score? Ottawa versus Toronto. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, Toronto, 53. We don't really need to analyze this. This is a really crappy team against a really good team. What's to say about this? Toronto, 53. They should blow these guys out of the water. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I actually think 
um, you know, Toronto's not motivated at all. And they got to play Ottawa, and it's a perfect time for Ottawa to win. So I am going to say... I'm going to say Ottawa 46. (laughs) 46. (laughs) You're a funny guy. Okay, Rudy. Uh, I mean, it's such a waste of time, this game. I mean... This is why the East can't play all their games against each other. Um, oh, I think Toronto, they don't want to take a step off. I think they're going to play hard because they know they have mean with football coming up. I think they'll, they'll still put in an effort. I'll say Toronto 40, 47. Okay. And TJ's going to pull the uh, Toronto Argonauts, and we're going to go with 69. No, we're going to go with 48. Because those were 69 points would have to be all Largos because Ottawa's not getting any fucking points. Uh, so, yeah, it's a 48 points for the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, that's kind of my pick on this one. So that's uh, week 19 in the books. And now we get to go talk some football on Charles's agenda. What is this and why is it on my computer? Go away. Um, no, there we go. How does it go away? Oh, God. Something just happened. Okay. Uh, where is the agenda here? Because you had a couple of things that were interesting in here. Um, what were they? CFL.ca has a simulation that sees Calgary jumping over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for the final playoff spot. How likely is this? Well, we've talked about this back and forth a few and a couple of things, and let's see what they actually just the simulator has to say on these programs here. What's going on? Check it out. Okay. Ask your ballot. I don't want to do that. Uh, projected records. Toronto's going to be 16 and two. Winnipeg's 14 and four. BC is 12 and six. Ottawa is, or Montreal is 10 and eight. Toronto is nine and nine. Calgary is six and 12. Saskatchewan is six and 12. Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks are Four and fourteen, and Elks are four and fourteen. Oh, so those those percentage numbers of fifty-one forty-five and forty-eight point five five were not who was going to win the game between Saskatchewan and Calgary. It was what are the odds of them making the playoffs? There's a big difference. Okay, so um, odds to host the playoff game. Uh, yeah. Okay. We, we know who's who's doing it. They've eliminated them all. Uh, odds to win the East. There's no odds there. That's kind of weird. Uh, odds to win the West. Winnipeg Blue Bombers have a 99.66% chance of winning the West. BC Lions have a 0.34% chance of winning the West. I don't, it looks, doesn't look like anybody has any faith there. Odds to appear in the Grey Cup, uh, Bombers, Argos seem to be the high-ranking ones. Montreal has more, uh, 12.5% over BC Lions at 9.71. Hamilton Ticats are 4.53%. I think I'd throw some money on Hamilton at 4.3%. Um, odds to win the Grey Cup. Uh, okay, they've got the Bombers as the lead on this one at 51%. Auto, uh, Toronto down at 40 
and everybody else is under five. So let's maybe talk about that. Most likely, Grey Cup match. We know that's Winnipeg, Tirana. Uh, Hamilton, BC is not even an option. Wow, that's too bad. Because that would be a great series. BC and, and Ottawa would be a great series. Okay, so that's kind of what this model, computerized model, says and does. Does anybody have any ar- arguments with this? That you heard the uh, how they're going to finish out. They think that Toronto's going to win out the rest of their two games against Ottawa. Uh, yeah, okay. Nobody's arguing that one, I don't think. I think they got one more game besides that. Uh, Mike's open, guys. Anybody got to say anything about this? Well, yeah. I mean, if. Toronto finishes sixteen and two. Correct me if I'm wrong. Will not will that not be the best ever CFL regular season record? Um, no, I think with Edmonton sixteen sure. and two. I don't I know. Don't know. Tied, I think in, you know, in 1989, Edmonton was sixteen and two. What? Yeah. Yeah. In '89, right? Then they lost. And they yeah. right. And then, and he lost to Saskatchewan in the West Final. That's what I get to in the CFL. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, but that's why I said uh, Toronto should never have wrestled Kelly against Bombers. They should have gone for the 17-1 and season, and then they would have owned it. Now they're yeah. just literally okay. going to be a footnote. I mean, their last two games, last three games of the season, here's the Toronto Argonauts. Who are they going to play? You want to know? You want to know? You want to know? They're playing Ottawa, they're playing Saskatchewan, and they're playing Ottawa. So what are the odds that they're going to finish 16-2? and 99.95%? It, it, it's ridiculous. How does a schedule do this? Yeah, but, yeah, but do, you, do you risk anybody in that game? their final game of the year? No, you don't have to. Bring out your high school, local high school team and you can beat Ottawa. Well, maybe. And and don't forget, don't forget that uh, um, a whole bunch of Toronto's coaching staff were the same coaching staff in Calgary when they lost those back-to-back Grey Cups, okay, because they yeah. finished the season so early. So... Let's see. Let's see what happens. Yeah, 100%. We're going to see what's going to happen. That's why we play the game. Okay. Um, yeah, they're going to play the games. There's still games coming up, and we're going to watch them. They're going to play them. Edmonton and Elks are to close the upper bowl of Commonwealth Stadium for the 2024 season. This is news that just was released this morning. Um I don't think anybody's surprised by this. The only thing that really is surprising is why did it take so long? Most, most of the other teams, especially in these large 50,000-seat stadiums, closed down the upper bowl a decade ago. Um, and Edmonton has really not been a, a powerhouse in the attendance level. They still have 31,000 seats in the bottom, I believe. So... Yep. Why would you have the upper bowl close, uh, open? It doesn't make sense, open. you know. Just so close it down and uh, make it. Let's see what happens. Uh, and, okay, 
Is there any comments on this? Probably should have been closed yeah, about yeah. five years ago. Yeah, yeah I think it's a smart idea, honestly. You think your team's going to be equally crappy next year and nobody's going to come? Is that why you're doing it? I, I think even you know, if they, I don't you know, think they're going to be equally crappy. I think they're going to be a very good team next year, and they're going to be a playoff team next year. I think, uh, even I think if they go it's going to take year. a while to turn that back to 50,000 seats. I just don't see yeah. that happening anytime in the short oh, you're never getting You're never getting 50,000 again except maybe a playoff game. I mean, that's – I would hope for 25 to start with next year would be a, would be a start. But, like, like – I mean, I think 30 would be the goal to get back to 30,000 a year. Yeah, regularly. Yeah, regular season. Okay, so even if you win how far can sorry, how how far can Sean Lemon climb the CFL all-time sack list? Okay, so where we have them right now is two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Sean Lemon is in 13th place, 13th place with 100 sacks even, just like 100 sacks even. Odell Willis, formerly of um, Edmonton, the Edmonton Eskimos is where Odell's known for and famous for. He's at 101. So Sean can tie him or, or pass him this season that that shouldn't be or is not outside of the realm of possibility. Rodney Harding is next at 105 sacks. And so that's five, six, five, five to tie, six to pass him. Uh, Unrealistic with three games left for Sean. Is Sean going to be coming back next year with any team in the CFL? That's the big question. I mean, Everybody's tried to toss him aside for the last four or five years, and he keeps coming back like a bad case of herpes. Uh, but it just—he's just—he's dominant. He, he's just playing some good football. I mean, he's not as good as he once was, but he's still—he's he's putting up the numbers. Hard to argue. Do you think Sean Lemon can climb this ladder further than that? Uh, after that, Tyrone Jones has 110, and Stu Hill, uh, my buddy Stu Hill from uh, Point Roberts, he's got 126. So there's no way he's going to catch Stu. That's 26 more sacks. That's 25% of what he's already got. Uh, can he pass Odell Willis? Yes. Is he going to pass Rodney Hardy? Only if he comes back next year. Tyrone Jones, possibly if he comes back next year. But he's not going to touch Stuart Hill's. Numbers, not no way, not going to happen. Um, Charles, you like Sean London? We, I think we all do. Thirty-five years old, holds the record, has re- recorded eight sacks over eleven games this year. He didn't. He hasn't played the whole season, so it's almost one sack a, a game. Almost. Do you think he's coming back? Do you think he can climb this ladder? I mean, why not? The guy just keeps uh, impressing. The guy doesn't seem to age. He just keeps gums out and he gets sacks. Uh, I honestly still wish. I know the Lions defense has been very good this year. I still wish they'd have just kept him this year because, remember, he started training. He was in training camp with the Lions this year, and they cut him. 
after they signed that other yeah. idiot who was popping off and stuff like that, who they ended up trading before he ever played a game. And they cut Sean Hamilton. Hamilton. I wish they'd have kept him. Yeah. And I wish they'd have kept him because, quite frankly, the guy just goes out and gets sacks. The guy just doesn't age. I mean, and the guy's still obviously a uh, a very talented player. So, yeah, why wouldn't he come back? Uh, keep coming back until you're not effective anymore. He's obviously still effective. And uh, he's yeah. been excellent since going to Montreal. So, yeah, I think he can keep climbing. He might have a couple more years left in him at least. So, yeah, I would just keep coming back. And uh, I see, I don't know if he's going to get to number one. I think that's maybe a tall order, but he certainly can move up that list uh, quite a bit still, I think. Well, I don't, it'd be hard for us for him to get past the number nine guy, Stu Hill, at 126. Probably. You know, possible, but I doubt it. Yeah. Not very, I mean, he's yeah. not a full-time defensive lineman right now. He's a rotational player at best. Right. But he's still making it. Well, for he's what still he is, making he's still impact. quite effective. Yeah. yeah. Charlton Hughes is on this list at 136. He's. He's the only active other other active player. Charlton Hughes is still in the league, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No. No. No, no? I don't think is so. He, is he? No. Is no. he retired now? Okay. So Sean Lemon's the only active one here. Joe Munford, John, Joe, John Bowman, Grover Covington is is the lead at 157. Alfred Payton at 153. Bobby Jurizen at 140, James Quick Parker at 139 and a half, Charlton Hughes at 136, Joe Mumford at 135, John Bowman at 134, Vince Goldsmith 130, Stu Hill at 126. That's the list. Okay. Uh, you got anything to say, William? You're a, you, you kind of yeah. Like you know what? I, I I I I'm a Sean Lemon fan, and I. Still haven't figured out why Calgary didn't sign him again this year. Um, you know, he's. I think he brings some leadership to a team. Calgary really lacks leadership this year, and I think they could have That's used Sean Lemons. So, so, so yeah. this is what I think is going to happen. He'll probably stay in Montreal next season and get you know five or six or ten sacks, and then the year after that, you can see him. You can see him playing for the. Uh, for the uh, Halifax Schooners, okay, he'll be a starting oh, defensive end, and he'll probably get ten sacks that year too. Just my thoughts. Okay, anything else you want to weasel into the show with only nine minutes left? Have you got anything to say? Oh yeah, Marcus Crandall was the greatest quarterback <laughs> in CFL history. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that one out there for you. Okay. Yeah, no question about it. So where we got? We got uh, who was it? What was the, Sorry, what was the deal with Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell last week? Did they did they pull him or did they just play him for a few series? I didn't quite catch that. He had that. He that had, was uh, really debate. He, you know what? He had 137 yards passing in the first quarter. I think he was six of ten or something like that. So he didn't play badly. Okay. No, I no. didn't know what was going on. Was that just? I think they were just breaking him in. 
Okay. For the playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. For the playoff run. Here we go. Okay. So where are we going here? Uh, last week we were talking about Vernon Adams as the lead runner in the MOP standings. This week nobody seems to want to do that. Although Vernon Adams, in, in my opinion, put in a better game than, than Zach Caleros did. Uh, definitely less turnovers, more yards, uh, same amount of points. Well, similar similar amount of points, at least in regulation time. So who is this? And then the CFL.ca puts out this all-star in Caleros and uh, Chad Kelly are the two two lead runners on this. So I don't know what's going on anymore. How, how do you come out and figure it out? We, we don't. Because we're whatever our opinion is right now, it's biased. Um, do I think Vernon Adams is the best quarterback in the CFL? No, I think Zach Caleros is. I Chad Kelly to me hasn't put up the numbers that he should. I think he's just uh, he's a, he's an okay, a better than average quarterback on a really good team right now, and that's uh, that's a sign of what Paul Levi Mitchell was in Calgary. My opinion again. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, there's nobody has separated themselves from the pack that says, I am the best out there. There's nobody out there that says, has separated themselves that says, I am the best defensive player. Uh, Matthew Betts, pretty close to it. Uh, the top Canadian, I guess we kind of got to go with Brady Oliveira on that one. There's no question there. Uh, nobody's even close to him. Uh, yeah, I think I still is, think you have to go. I think you have to go with uh, MOP for Brady Oliveira. To be honest with you, I don't even think he's going to get the MOP nomination for Winnipeg. I think no. he should. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, it's a crime. He probably should, if but I think it's it'll probably crime. be Caleros. It'll be Caleros. Caleros will get the nod from Winnipeg. Brady Oliveira will yeah. not. He'll get the top Canadian. Ah, uh, you know, and, and, and I that's agree. where it's going to be. 50-50. I don't think so. I don't think so. If Brady so. has a couple big games down the stretch, they should be starting to yeah. rest him a bit, but uh, he might, he could get it. It's close. I mean, he's the top runner in the CFL, and, and not by a little yeah. bit, right? Not by a little bit. Um, once again, I thought, once again, I thought he made a difference last week against BC. Okay. Of course he did. So, For two reasons. So, BC doesn't have a running game, and BC can't stop a running game. Correct. But, I mean, if you take everything as equals, <clears throat> then Brady Oliveira has to be the, the changer. Okay? So. It was in that game. Yeah. Right? He, he is definitely the changer, but is he the best player on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I think he is. Yeah. Well. And I think and I think what's his name should get top Canadian. The help me out here, Rudy. The receiver, number ten. Number ten. Dempsey. Why can't I Dempsey. remember names Dempsey. anymore? Dempsey? Nick Dempsey? Yes. Dembski. No, yes. no way. Yes. Brady Oliveira yeah, is no. top Canadian. That'll go That's to Oliveira. No, I don't think you include him in top Canadian. I think he's gotta be the MOP or nothing. 
What's top Canadian? No, no, no. What is fucking? What is he's, top he's, Canadian? Give me a break. Uh, exactly. Top Canadian. But who the I, fuck cares? Matthew, Matthew Betts is would take that trophy before Nick Dembski does. Dembski had a good year, a thousand yards mm-hmm. for a Canadian receiver. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, no question about it. But look at Beth. And, he, the guy's a runaway. And that's why Dalton Jones leading the league in receiving uh, philosophy. Yeah, but and, and that flips week to week to week. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of banged up. He's not. He's not running away with it. He's kind of Tim banged White up. They right might on They might so rest him on that. Yeah, and that's the whole thing right now. These individual awards and individual achievements really take a back seat to winning a breakout. Well, I, I laugh. I yep. like when people get upset if your guy doesn't win MVP on Great Cup Week. It's like if they're in the game. It's like who cares? Win the game. Like, I mean, that's just more fuel to the other team if they get snubbed at the awards or whatever. It's like it's almost you don't want the MVP. You would rather have the the fire to go win the Grey Cup and the motivation that you've been snubbed. I think it was, uh, so. Charles, we haven't heard much from you on any of the subject here. What do you got to say? Well, first of all, um, MOP, I'm with CJ. I think MOP nomination is going to go to, um, it's going to go to um, Caleros. I just think that they've been building that up there. And top Canadian to me is either uh, Matthew Betts or um, Brady Oliveira. Oliveira is likely going to get uh, top Canadian. It's very rare to see a running back get nominated for um, uh, MOP unless they have a super exceptional season when they're up like 17, 1,800 yards. I mean, I guess it's possible for Oliveira to still get there. Pardon me? Or their quarterback steps. Yeah, but MOP is almost always a quarterback um, award. As fair or not that it is, it almost almost uh, always is. So I honestly think it will go to um, likely go to um, the um, Calaris, and I just I don't think that um, Oliver is going to get the MOP. The I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people think that. I just don't. I gotta shut the show down, guys. This has been Let's Talk okay. NFL Podcast, episode five hundred and fifty-one. I've been your host, Christian Jones. I've uh, had a hoot talking with my buddies here for an hour and twenty minutes. We've got fifty seconds left in the show now. Charles, say good night. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this week's games. We'll talk to you next week. And Rudy. Good night, everyone. Enjoy the games. Yeah, for sure, William. Good night, everybody. Enjoy the games. Go Riders. Go Riders? You're an idiot. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.